to get, and so can you. The show that engages with the canon so that you don't have to. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony. And I'm another of your hosts, Sydney. And today um, we're here yeah. cozy in the fortress where we record. I've got my hot tea. Yeah, I've got a blankie and a three-legged cat. Yeah, and we're here to talk about Paramore and <laughs> John Wick. Ooh, yeah, we so, are here to do that. We were like, we want to pick some things that are like, not we're embarrassed we don't know them because they're like such classics, but like because they're like very like important right now. <laughs> yeah, like I have been lying about John Wick. Yeah, like these are some of the, the last more like years. active lies that I tell. Yes. Definitely about these two things. We haven't we haven't picked ones in a while that were like, ooh, I've been faking it real hard. I yeah, think like I've been are... literally lying. Like it has it has actually come up, mm-hmm. and I have lied. Yeah, I feel that especially about John Wick. I feel that especially about Paramore. <laughs> That's fair. I think because I was thinking about this, I was thinking, why did I lie about John Wick so much? And I think it's because at the time that John Wick came out, which I think was like five years ago, I was in a phase where I was playing a lot of Magic the Gathering. And so a lot of the like nerdy men that I saw on sure. a- were like John Wick. Somewhat weekly basis were like, oh shit, John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. I One of my- um sort of screenwriting mentors brings up John Wick all the time and I always pretend to her that I know what she's talking about. I'm like, mm, yeah, great example. Yeah. yeah. I, I have an ignorant question. Is there more than one John Wick? There are three John Okay, Wicks. that's what I thought. Yeah. And I've we're heard that they all one. fucking rule, but yeah, we're only watching I, no, the first that's one. That's the thing is like, I've heard that they're good. And like, the thing is, you told me it's Keanu Reeves? Yeah, it's Keanu Reeves. So like- It's, it's Keanu Reeves now. <laughs> Keanu Reeves like- usually rules yes (laughs) like it usually if it's a Keanu Reeves thing and it's like oh that's gonna be stupid it usually turns out that it's fantastic yeah I know we were so happy with Point Break like what a wonderful surprise (laughs) yeah but I feel like that's not the only time that that's happened what do you know do you know anything about what happens what do you think happens in this movie you told me a dog dies that is my understanding (laughs) so I am like really bracing myself for that yeah my understanding is that it is incredibly similar, completely coincidentally, to the plot of the Key and Peele movie Keanu. I also know that the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty draws on John Wick a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's going to be a dog's going to die and that's going to be hard for me. And then I think it's just going to be Keanu Reeves, like Keanu Reeves thing. And like around a- town. I think there is, I think he might ride a motorcycle. I'd probably. He's going to do some intense action, some like intense running gun and martial arts stuff. I know that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um I also have this inkling that <laughs> Although I know from that um advertising package about Atomic Blonde that he is not the best leading person at doing his own stunts. Sure. Charlize is. Yeah, I don't think he's going to kill anyone with an extension cord like Charlize <laughs> Theron does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I could see him like Given it a good college try, but yeah, Charlize Theron has an intensity of character, that I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, Keanu it comes Reeves... from watching your parents murder each other when you're a child. What? So this doesn't have to do with... <laughs> no, but you her. brought it up, so what? <laughs> um, when she was a kid, her uh-huh. mom shot her dad, and he died. Self-defense. I did not know that. Or possibly, I don't know, not clear defense of what. Oh, my. But I did not She know didn't that. go to prison, so... Okay. And this was like South Africa in the 70s mm-hmm. or the 80s. Mm-hmm. Fucking wild. I did not know that. Yeah. 
I feel like I hold on to like nuggets like that when people are so good at acting. It's like, and then there's like a something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, I see. Like you've got a darkness. Not, not like you have to be a damaged person. And like, honestly, she seems like really put together she seems very well adjusted um yeah so like but that's that the, the, that's that's back there that's sure. in there that's yeah. a uh formative yeah core experience. memory yeah core memory uh the only other thing i i believe that i know about this movie is that the criminal syndicate that keanu reeves is wholesale murdering uh gives him the nickname baba yaka which right. i think is funny okay this is a weird thing to say i feel like i have an idea of like the lighting of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I could make, like, a mood board of it. Yeah. But I, I couldn't really tell you, like, anything that's going to happen besides apparently a dog dies. And, like, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where that is, I'm not going to say more important, but, like, a, a very important part of it. Yeah. It's just, like, moodiness. Yeah. And I feel like the production design of this movie and Atomic Blonde are in conversation with one another. I also think they came out the same year. Oh, okay. I think, I think they were both 2017. I could be very wrong about that. Are they ever in something together? What is that movie? Uh, a fucking good movie that we should find out <laughs> if it exists and watch it. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I would watch literally any garbage writing. Yeah. With the two of them. Yeah. So who who put them together? I feel like if it happened, it was before she had really like come into her own as like an action star though yes that's probably like i true. want them to be like action stars together like put her in john i want Wick them four. to be i want them to be killing eve <laughs> oh that would be awesome yeah hollywood can we make that happen yeah they are not neither of them is too old yeah absolutely no one gives a fuck about that yeah. we all still want to fuck both of them Mm-hmm. yep you know it would be fun and i think the ages on this workout cast them as like the youngish parents of Jodie Comer. <laughs> Just have the three of them in a movie. Yeah. Like two parent spies and their adult yeah, daughter spy. Yeah, spy kids. <laughs> yeah, spy kids, but an adult. Yes, I did just reverse engineer spy kids, but with adults <laughs> and uh, definitely rated R. Yeah. Hard R. I want their spy child to be Maisie Williams. <laughs> now that would work. Now that would work. The also ages does would work. Stunts. That's true. I would pay so much money see that movie yeah so much goddamn money yeah we should be in charge yes i know <laughs> i feel like what does the script for that look like like every couple of pages you Writes go itself. and by the way this only works if it is these three people if it is anyone else stop reading yeah just throw this script away yeah. do not bother yeah no it would it would not have to be good was game of thrones good no it, it certainly wasn't good at the end <laughs> i was interested in what Maisie williams was doing Long after they gave her literally any writing at all, she stopped having lines. That's true. <laughs> around season five. And I still watched her do all those spinny flips. That's very true. Do you think you're going to like John Wick? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think I, I think I probably am. I've spent this whole time like pretending that I know what it, it is being like, it's not going to be for me. Like it's going to be so like gritty and like, like I think I'm picturing, okay, here's what I fear it's going to be is mm-hmm. fucking... One of those movies that Ray Fiennes made because he was sad that his wife died. Ray Fiennes or Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen any of those ones because um, I don't even know who's in them. But I also don't want to because I think they're just going to be like pouty, like where's my prize stuff. I think they're going to be like 
gotta gotta play the hand I was dealt. I'm a cranky man, and that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your word is gonna be like taken, essentially. Yes, that is my that is my fear, and that is what has like kept me like at best ambivalent about John Wick this whole time. But everyone keeps talking about how it slays and. I like Keanu Reeves, and apparently it's like will be a really good education for me. Yeah, and I think that's what strikes me about it too. Is it's like, yeah, most men that I know will tell me that most action movies are good because that's mm-hmm. how men do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like regardless of gender, everyone I have talked to has been like John Wick is great, and I feel like the women I have talked to are like John Wick is great. Not in that I'm a girl, I like action movies kind of way. Like, this is not a pick-me moment. I'm, I'm not telling like the you other d- girls. Yeah. I like action movies. But I feel like people are like, I, okay. I know, I know, but this is good. What do I do if I'm not like the other girls and I like action movies? <laughs> it's a real problem that I face. Anyway, I mean, I think I'm struggling because it's about a man. Like, I keep, like, we've been talking about this for two minutes, and I was like, let's talk about Charlie Theron. Let's talk about Yellowstone. Like, I can't... Uh, yeah, but that man is Keanu Reeves. Yeah, you, no, you're right, you're right. He's becoming an exception to your rule. Yeah. But with that being said, let's talk about some talented women. Let's talk about Paramore. Sure, yeah. Ah, at least one. Pretty sure all her bandmates are boys all the time. I think that's true. But as we discussed earlier today, in a true Evanescence move, she's really the only consistent one. Yeah, the only one that matters. I would like to say that I like that they build themselves as genre neutral because things that defy categorization, surprise, fucking surprise, are interesting to me right now. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a little like, no, you're not. I don't know. I Everything's don't know something. Sure. Like if you're a new thing, then you're a new thing, but you're not not something. Yeah. I mean, the way I am hoping that it plays out, who knows if this is actually how it is is that stylistically there's a lot of variance between their albums, so you can't just say, like, oh, they're a pop-punk band. Okay, there's some obvious parallels to Evanescence here, right? Mm-hmm. I When we went into Evanescence, I knew one and a half songs, and I the one song that I knew I thought was great. Mm-hmm. The one song that I know of Paramore, I I don't like. It gets, but it does get stuck in my head. So like, it's a catchy ass song. I I do, I'm reluctant to even say it because I feel like Paramore fans love this song. Is it Misery Business? No. Oh, okay. It's still into you. Okay. I don't know. It's not a bad song. I just like don't really like it, and um, it has like earwigged me before in times of fever or upset, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like. Paramore, go away. So, like, I have that association going on. And then there's the other one that I can kind of hum is, um, you are the only exception. Oh, I burped in the middle of that. Which is, like, a song I find, like, pretty okay. Don't have a strong opinion about. So, I don't know. It's, like, I feel like I should love them because of what they are. But I have gone this long because I just, like, don't really yet. Sure. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I also should flag that in true ADHD fashion. Did you wind up doing this too, where I listened to a full Paramore album today before remembering the format of our own show? Um, No, I didn't. I was going to, and then we joked about how we forgot and we're going to listen to it all day and then do this recording. Um, And then I was like, at the last second, I was like, I will honor our format and I will listen to uh, the Nova Twins instead. Dear listeners, if you have chosen this episode for a reason, or if you've ever enjoyed any of Evanescence's music, like, 
hard recommend of the Nova Twins. Okay. They have two albums and I haven't listened to the first one yet, but the one that came out this year is like no skips. If you want to move about your day and feel like you're someone that people should be afraid of, like you're like a little bit of a loose cannon Mm -hmm. in kind of a, like a heart, like a Harley Quinn kind of way. If you Mm -hmm. want to be the Harley Quinn of your own life. Yeah. Put their record on and just see what that does for your, uh, for your fucks. They're going to reduce significantly. (laughs) Yes. The fucks you give will, uh, the output will reduce. Yeah. I am interested to know how this is going to go. And I have a bit of a block with Paramore and it's not Paramore's fault because their early stuff is very pop punk. And I don't know if I've really talked about the weird social hierarchy of my high school where like the jocks and cheerleaders were kind of like a separate species from me. It was like, you know how sometimes when you go to the penguin exhibit at the zoo and they have like penguins from different parts of the world in the same exhibit and they just like don't acknowledge each other's existence. Sure. That was kind of how we were. We were just like, they're, they're like king or emperor penguins. I'm like a weird little rock hopper penguin with the funny things on yeah. the side of my head. And Macaroni. it's like, yeah, they can coexist in the same universe because they don't care about one another. The people I always I will had- say when I went to Antarctica- the different kinds of penguins did acknowledge each other. <laughs> sure. The, yeah, but so the, the ones a... from Antarctica will, but the ones that aren't from Antarctica, they're like, what the fuck is that? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, it might be like a zoo conditions thing. Sure, sure. Which I think um, also speaks to the high school experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the ones I always had to watch out for and the ones that I always had the most negative interactions with, the only people who would actually like attempt to bully me like if i was getting sure tomatoes thrown at me in the cafeteria which happened a couple of times it was always the fucking pop punk scene kids. wait did that happen really yeah like you, a cherry tomato a couple of people times like threw food yeah wow. not like a lot but every once in a while i'd be there and it would just be like boom. yeah and i look over and it's just like a bunch of kids in all black with chains and shitty hair just being like, like <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just like, no, no. I mean, I, I think it's hard because like I now as a 35 year old person, I'm looking back at that hot topic aesthetic and being like, I missed my chance. Yeah. Like that's so fun and cool. Good for them. Mm -hmm. But I think we do need to realize that like there was, there was a reason I didn't. Same. Cause I wasn't mainstreaming. Mm -hmm. So like there's a reason that I didn't clip up with that. They were lifestyle pretty fucking insufferable. Yeah, because a lot of them, a lot of them were fucking mean, probably because they were like angry and also felt othered. Yeah, they were like environment. I mean, yeah, like who you don't you don't peck the people far from you in the order. Right. You peck the people you can reach. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I get that. But also like I get what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. So like it's not Paramore's fault that. They make music that, or at least some of their music is stuff that those people would have listened to. And it came out when we were in high school. Yeah. I feel like I know what it's going to sound like. Do you think you're going to like what it sounds like? I think I'm not going to dislike it. Yeah. I think I'm going to wind up enjoying myself, like enjoying this project. Whether I'm going to ultimately be returning to them, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I don't really have great comps for it because I've avoided so much pop punk. I feel like... Haley Williams is charming at awards shows. Take like, your word for it. I don't watch music awards I shows. feel like I've noticed that and been like, that bitch is charming. And then been like, but I'm not going to listen to her music. But I feel like that's part of why I think I know what it's going to sound like because they always play it when she walks up. I Okay. Actually, I think now that you've said garbage for another thing, I think it is going to be a little like garbage, like the later stuff. 
I think it's going to be like kind of like joining the flow that Garbage was already in Mm -hmm. before they got there. I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case because there was... But less, but poppier. Yeah, a little less of an industrial edge to it. I think it's going to be like... Not that Garbage is super Garbage garbage and Avril Lavigne in between Mm. those two things. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like taking the same sort of development trajectory that Garbage did. Yeah, and I think Haley Williams is going to sound... I mean, I feel like I know what her voice sounds like, and it's not like Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne just has such a distinctive like yodel to me, and like it's uh, part of what makes her such so hard on the pop is just like the timbre of her voice. Sure, 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 sure. I think Haley Williams is going to be a little more of like a rocker girl. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like comparing her to either Avril Lavigne or Shirley Manson, she's uh, in between the two somewhere. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll let you know what we think. And we're back. Yes, that is how this works. Yeah, we are back from our holiday break. We took a little while. Yeah, took a little time I mean, off. yeah, but you, well, no, I guess you, I guess you do know that. Because... It's, uh, you will have noticed by <laughs> yeah. this point, yeah, that we took some time off. Just because it was Christmas and we were all out of town and we didn't feel like rushing this. We're starting with John Wick. Sure. We're going to start with John Wick. All right, do you want to count us in? Sure. Uh, one, two, three fuck yes this movie rules okay (laughs) all right (laughs) um sorry what did you say i was kind of working up to something about like i will spend time with keanu reeves doing basically anything Mm -hmm. and that is kind of what i think i did (laughs) yeah no that's true that's true like is it me or would they have nothing if if they didn't have keanu reeves just like try for a second to imagine that movie with like the guy whose name I can never remember, who's the boy in Mad Max. <laughs> Tom Hardy? Yep. <laughs> the boy, the 35-year-old man yeah. in Mad Max. Yeah, or like, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of somebody else who like runs around and punches things, like, but is very sort of um, taciturn. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... A man of few words. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is... About Keanu Reeves, I think it. I think you are right that it really does play to Keanu Reeves' strengths because Keanu Reeves, as an actor, is more effective the less he talks. Because yes. yes. I think he is like, I was gonna say he's very expressive, but he's not that I'm either. Say, I thought you were gonna say the less he does, which is like a little because he does do a lot. He does so much, but it, it, like the less the less that's like going on with him. Like I feel like what the, this movie's strength was. It's like this is it's this is incredibly simple. Yes, it's a very simple operation. Mm-hmm. Like okay, I have been told by uh, screenwriting mentors. Mm-hmm. You should have either, especially for a feature, because you just in TV you can fudge it a little bit. When you have such a limited amount of time, you should do either a simple plot and complicated characters, or a complicated. If you're gonna have a complicated plot, have simple characters. And I feel that this movie had simple characters and a simple plot. Yes. And I feel that that even like more than just the speak, I feel that that aims towards Keanu Reeves strength (laughs) like i don't want to i don't need to know i don't need to know yeah this movie gave you exactly what you needed 
at all times while also giving you what you wanted. I don't, yeah, yeah. He doesn't need, I don't need like, like a lot of subtlety. This is so random, but it's just what we were watching last night. Everything I was saying that I love about, um, what's her bucket, Kristen? Kristen Milioti. Yeah. Keanu Reeves is the absolute opposite of that. Well, they, they share a haunted look, I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, this, the, now I'm glad I brought her up because that is true. And they share a sort of like stillness. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like what I love about her is it's like, I just feel like I see every like stray thought mm-hmm. that bubbles through her brain, but it's really probably just my thoughts and she's a good actor. But Keanu Reeves, it's like, I don't care if you have thoughts. Don't mm-hmm. tell me them. Yeah. I, mean, I don't I- need subtext. I don't need layers. The man is not an onion. Yeah. At a certain point in the movie, I think you were talking about, we were discussing whether Keanu Reeves is good at acting or if he's just good at walking as if there is a song playing while he's walking. Uh-huh. He's, well, he's good at walking as if something's blowing up behind him. Yes. He's got cool guys don't look at explosions vibes. Yes. All the time. <laughs> yes. But it's really, it's like at this point, like, listen, if greatness is 10,000 hours, mm-hmm. like- No, I think you're right that there are so many people who would fuck this movie up because they would be trying to do too much. Yes, all you have to do is be Keanu Reeves. Yeah, because Keanu Reeves knows exactly who he is. Yes. And he has long since stopped trying to be anyone else. Yeah. I got the sense watching it that even though he is playing a morose character, like his character is in a dark, dark place. Yeah. Keanu Reeves, the man was probably having a great time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And conveying that information to me as an audience member, I think, takes a very particular kind of person. He just ha- he has, like, such great posture. I just want, like, I could just watch him, like, be ready to fight a guy. But in this movie, you don't have to. You get to watch him fight a lot of guys. You get to watch him fight so many guys. And it's, like, it's so, I mean, hats off to the choreography people. Oh my God! Yes, like all those, all those guys he fought, and whoever was and um, those long shots staging them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like did they have that before they had a script? Were they like his dog? They murder his dog, and then he fights a bunch of guys, and then they got like the best twenty <laughs> fight guys mm-hmm. in LA. And then they were like, okay, start writing. Very possibly. So just to give everyone a sense, you just said the whole plot of the movie, Uh but these are the beats of the movie. Keanu Reeves' wife dies of cancer, I'm assuming. Yeah. Three days later. Kind of before the movie starts. Yeah. It's it's like in a fast forward, like like up. The up sequence. Mm -hmm. Three days later, he gets a beagle puppy that was sent to him posthumously by his wife. The very she like next... arranged. Yeah, she like arranged Which is for like it. A nice thing to do while you're dying, I guess. Yeah. The next day, the day after her funeral, Theon Greyjoy steals <laughs> his car and just to be a shithead, kills his beagle puppy. I feel like this is as good a time as any to talk about how I didn't watch that part. <laughs> yeah, and I will say that's fair. I was very concerned it was going to be super graphic, and it's not. The way they do it is. They hit Keanu Reeves in the head and then they sort of like first person view it and he's like blurry and you see someone go up to the dog and they just like kick the dog once really hard and then that's it. Like that. And then they just cut away and it's like, well, the dog is dead. Like part of what is making me sad about it is like that's someone's dog who loves it. 
So showing it to us from Keanu Reeves' perspective is already, like, that's a pretty intense emotional tactic to me. Mm-hmm. And then, like, having it, like, like blink in and out. Like, that sounds pretty sad. That sounds pretty sad to me. Yes. After his dog dies, we finally learn who John Wick is, and he is the most unstoppable hitman for the Russian mob in its history. Yeah. The only guy to ever get out. Yes. And the rest of the movie, the next hour and a half, is just John Wick destroying the Russian mafia in very Baroque, unusual, and satisfying fashion. Which is like, so this whole time that you've just been out of the Russian mafia, you could have been destroying the Russian mafia, but you weren't. Yeah, well, because he got out. And he was like, I got out. I'm living my life. That's okay. Yeah, sort of the like singularity of, of purpose. It's nice how, like, straightforward it is. The whole thing is. Yes. You shouldn't have pissed me off. But now that you have, I really don't care. Like, and it's it's fun because it's like he knows everybody and it makes sense that he knows everybody. Mm-hmm. But he also is like, I don't need to know you to kill you very fast. Yes, exactly. I'm not making a show of, like, fighting all these people. It's just, like, I know that there are going to be a lot of guys that I have to just put down. Execute. In order to get to the the real guys. Yeah. I feel like this movie watched every 80s movie where, like, an action star will just, like, punch people really hard. And then they'll just fall down and sort of lay there and writhe. And they're like, that person's been incapacitated. That's not how this movie works. No. John Wick knocks people to the ground, takes out a gun, shoots them twice in the head, moves on to the next guy. Yeah. And... He never leaves anyone behind. Like, he never leaves anyone. No, he's never like, he's never like, run. Yeah, he's just like, nope, you attack me, you're a dead man. Actually, that's a lie. There is one guy that he does that to, and it is someone he knows from the mob. It's one of the bodyguards. He comes up behind him, and he's just like... And he's like, take a day off. Yeah, basically, just take the night off. And the guy just takes his earpiece out and says, thank you, and then runs away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I was like... Okay, hey, he's yeah. got a line. Yeah. He respects people. Yeah. A man um, must have a code. Yeah. And I love that unlike most action movies where they spend like half the time being like, who the fuck is this guy? Like before Keanu Reeves even starts killing people, there is a whole monologue from Theon Greyjoy's dad. I keep calling uh-huh. Theon Greyjoy. It's Alfie Allen. From Alfie Allen's dad being like, do you realize how badly you just fucked up? Yeah, I mean, I also, I feel like we all love a squishy, like, ineffectual air. Yes, that is fun. Of course someone should execute that guy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's pretty fun, spoilers, as always on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty fun, like, when the boss guy, it's like he's willing to go pretty far out on a on a limb for, like, he, he, he throws... As we've been saying, he throws a lot of guys at the problem. He does. Before he gives up the sun. But at some point, he's like, well, the cost of doing business was high today. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye, my squishy, ineffectual son. Like, like that's what you get for being squishy and ineffectual. It's like, it's just like, that's always a fun moment in the story when the person has to realize that their error is unworthy and that that can't, that they've been treating that as like a problem for later on and that, that the day, the problem is today. Yeah. And another thing that I like about this movie that I feel like, I I feel like in general, as someone who grew up watching a lot of 80s action movies, I feel like the people who wrote this movie watched a bunch of 80s action movies and were like, how about 
we fix all of the weird tropes and mistakes that they make in these movies. And one of them is just like henchmen who can't hit the broad side of a barn. Yeah. Like people shoot at John Wick a lot, but he's usually already not where they're shooting. But he does take three bullets to the chest at one point. Yeah. But we explicitly saw him put on a bulletproof vest earlier. Yeah. It's but like, after that, he's kind of tired. Yeah. It's like very um, tactical. It's very tactical. And he takes damage. And the way that instead of like having ever increasingly difficult enemies for him to fight, he's just getting more and more tired. And he's getting tired slowly, but he is getting tired. Yeah. And so by the time he fights, you know, the boss of the Russian mob, fresh... That would not have been a fair fight at all. But at that point, they've like have both been hit by cars. They've both been jumped. They've yes. just both just jumped out of a moving car. Yes. Keanu Reeves has fully been stabbed, uh, and so yeah. it's like, oh yeah, okay. So this unstoppable killing machine and this like in fairly decent shape fifty something mob boss are gonna fight each other. Also, let's just really even the score. Let's give the mob boss a knife. That's why it's fun to watch him just like shoot a bunch of guys in the head because it's like this is only an even match because it's against 15 people, but, like, that's believable. Like, Mm -hmm. in other... I mean, believable, comparatively. Like, in other sort of action film situations, I feel like they have these demonstrations of some character's superiority that, as you say, depend on the enemy combatants being terrible at their jobs or, like, taking turns mm-hmm. <laughs> or they just become these really like flowery things where everyone else is like so affected by being kicked in the chest, which I'd be pretty affected by, but yeah. it's like, you see it so uneven. It's like, it's like our hero can do infinity things. Right. And these poor guys, like you, you just slap them too hard and they like crumble to bits. And this was like, no, every one of these people is a real threat. And that's why I got to kill him. Yeah, exactly. He just does not fuck around. Yeah. And I really, I really enjoy that. I also loved, like, they didn't do a lot of world building, but just, like, the light touch of world building that they did of, like, the secret society of hitmen. Sure. Who have that, like, neutral ground hotel run by Ian McShane and the front desk clerk is Lance Reddick from The Wire. Yeah, yeah. And all of, all of your, um. There's, like, a spa floor and, like, a rave floor. Oh, that's a different hotel. That's where the that's where the squishy air is. Oh no, you're right. There's like a speakeasy part. Yeah, there's a speakeasy part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The spa is not in the is not in the neutral. No, the spa and the no, rave are right. not. You're right. You're right. The yeah. speakeasy is. Yeah. And like all of the transactions there are done with like gold cougarans. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny to watch this movie in a post Russian doll world. Yeah. Where we all they just go around like trading these. It's like, they're like bitcoins. It's like, oh, you guys, that's cute. You guys decided that these things mean something. <laughs> yeah, and they all look like Natasha Leon's necklace. Yeah, a stylistic thing that I just wanted to point out is I really like the way they did subtitles. The subtitles in this movie are often like color coded and sort of comic booky. Sure. Yeah, they're like knit into the screen more than just like typed across the bottom and yeah i don't know i don't know how i felt about that i'm 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 interested to see if that becomes something Mm -hmm. i would watch the other ones we talked about surprise watching atomic blonde well both of us have seen it just on a plane yeah well that means you didn't see it. a different thing for me that's true and it means i drug myself very heavily on planes and also (laughs) as i was complaining i watched it on some sort of like cutter airways or like emirates or something where they cut out all the gay stuff 
Yeah, which is a problem. In that like, movie. not from the plot, just the imagery of it. Yeah. Yeah, which is unfortunate. <laughs> like, I could tell there was gay stuff going on, mm-hmm. but the movie was pretty... Um, Coy. PG yeah. rated. But I think from what I do remember of that movie, which is not not zero plot, sure. but I do remember also a lot of very thoughtful, comparatively believable action sequences that were like, I keep wanting to say things like, it's not sensational. Like, of course it's sensational. It's a movie. But like, it's it, it feels grounded mm-hmm. in the physics of our reality. Yeah. And yet it is not boring. Yes. Like, it really moves through space and you mm-hmm. see some like problem solving yes that feels like kind of more like real worlds than something like the matrix yes that's fun and then also just like a lot of moody lighting which i think might just be well not just i think it might be partly a product of like just how things are shot in fake locations now but it's still fi- i don't know there was like a similar they had a similar vibe mm-hmm. of being like yeah a little comic booky yeah, a definitely. little, um, a little like like there's a hazer on the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Like there, the light is kind of in shapes across yeah. the screen. Yeah, it's like communicating a heightened version of reality. Yeah, which yeah, which I guess like considering that the fights are less magical than normal. Other action movies are a universe where good guys ca- just can't do things. And what's kind of special, I mean, it's not that he's not like a little like super, but what's kind of special about this movie and my memory of Atomic Blonde is that it's like, no, like maybe you could do, maybe someone could do that. Yeah. I mean, I think, but I think the difference between that is like in these movies, the the thing that grounds it is that they still take a lot of damage. Like by the end of Atomic Blonde, Charlize Theron is just like one giant bruise. Yeah. And has fully been shot. Same thing here. John Wick's been stabbed multiple times. Yeah, he's like bleeding a lot. He's bleeding a lot. The only reason he doesn't die is because he breaks into an animal shelter and just like staples his stomach shut. Yeah. That's so. And then takes a pit bull for his trouble. <laughs> yeah. Would you see the next two? Yeah, I would. I am very excited to see the next two. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it's like fun. I feel like I already. I feel like I already saw them. I feel like they're gonna be exactly the same. But like, it, that's fun for a. That's fun on a day. When I'm, this is just my like perusing Rotten Tomatoes. I'd rather watch Atomic Blonde not on the airplane. When I'm just perusing Rotten Tomatoes and looking at like the reviews for two and three, two was like, you know what? This is just as good as the original, if not better. And then the reviews for three were like, you know what? This <laughs> still works great. Because, but this is what I'm saying is it's like, it's not, they can write whatever they want. I mean, not whatever they want. You have to sort of follow the rules mm-hmm. of like when what happens. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you just like hit your little sequence markers and just don't say too much, and get Keanu Reeves and the 20 best fight guys in masks, in balaclavas. Like, the art of this film is really in the staging and the shooting of it. Yes, definitely. And I would assume, because of the simplicity of the premise, that that is replicable. Yes, it's definitely a showpiece, and it does what it does very well, and it doesn't pretend to be anything other than it is which is what i really appreciate about it i mean yeah i really will watch keanu reeves shoot things and blow things up and just like stand in a turtleneck 
Yeah, I think it's fair to say that we are a Keanu Reeves fan podcast, at least in part. Yeah. We have done several Keanu Reeves movies on here, and we have never disliked any of he them. Do, he, does, he does come up a lot. He does. Like, even when we aren't covering a Keanu Reeves project. That's true. I feel like sometimes we just talk about how much we like that guy. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> so, if someone came up to you at a party and was like, my favorite <laughs> movie is John Wick... How would you feel? I would be like, how many movies have you seen? Yeah, I would be like, this is a ridiculous person, but if this is the kind of movie that's going to be your favorite movie, okay, you have good taste in this genre. Yeah, like, okay, if someone was like, welcome to my friend's kegger, my favorite movie is John Wick, I'd be like, okay, buddy, I need mm -hmm. I need to leave this frat house immediately. Mm -hmm. But if, if we'd been Gabin... If I've recently at this party become good Judy's with someone and they, t they told me first that their favorite movie was like whatever, Seven Samurai or some shit. And then now that the night has wore on, they feel comfortable to tell me that their favorite movie is actually John Wick. Now we got a green flag. Now we got it. Now we got friend material. Yeah. I would be surprised if anyone told me that this was stone cold their favorite movie, but I bet there's plenty of people out there who would be like, this is my favorite action movie. Yeah. And I think that's a very respectable opinion. Well, and but if your favorite movies are action movies, like that's like, it's to bring up another person we that I, that I bring up all the time. Like Kesha is my real favorite singer songwriter. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I could see a person whose real favorite movie is John Wick. <laughs> yeah. But not everyone has done the work that I've done. <laughs> and like, I, it's probably, a, it's probably a man, this person. Probably. And, uh, it's the standards for like, what is a respectable, there's a lot of precedent, I think, for women and gays, the queers, to be like, my guilty pleasure is actually my favorite. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like I like this. I like this thing. We're not supposed to like, huh? That's what I'm saying about like, it's a, it's a little bit of a harder point to get to. And that's why I feel like if someone, if someone was like, I have a t-shirt that says this is my favorite movie. I'd be like, you're a, a corny asshole. But if someone was like, listen, <laughs> I have a favorite movie. I tell people before I get to know them. But my real favorite movie is John Wick. I think I'd be like, this is fun and juicy. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Who's it for? Oh, yes. Who's it for? Who's it for? What class is it in? It's for people who like action movies, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm saying this more and more, but I feel like you know. But I mean, I guess I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Here's who Here's who doesn't know. It's people like me who are like casual fans of the action mm -hmm. genre, but thought this one looked like extra st stupid boy stuff. Yeah. Just when the home invasion begins in like the first 15 minutes you can watch the beginning it's a little yeah. sad but it'll be fine and you probably should like at least meet this dog that's gonna die yeah and then when the home invasion starts just go just leave for like it's like three minutes it's pretty fast yeah and have someone call you back in and that's that's all you got to do about the dog dying if that if that's been what's uh, standing in your way yeah absolutely uh i just had this brain blast do you think that keanu reeves has by wife energy he doesn't not. That's not wrong. He kind of, I'm going to say he kind of has almost like bi energy mm -hmm. <laughs> or like envy energy. There's a, um, a, a comfort and a confidence that I think comes from a lot of like reflection mm -hmm. that we often see in people in the queer community because you, ca you can't opt out. 
Right. It is, I suppose, possible to be a straight person <laughs> that has examined themselves. Like, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess you could tell me that has happened. Yeah. Because here's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you like Keanu Reeves as a general principle and you skipped this movie, I think you might surprise yourself if you when you watch this movie by enjoying it. I also think if you like Keanu Reeves and you haven't seen this movie and the thing you like Keanu Reeves from is The Matrix, go watch this movie. I guarantee you're going to Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Like, if you like The Matrix and you don't like Keanu Reeves, watch this movie. It's going to fucking rule. I, that would be an insane position to hold. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree, but I'm sure someone out there is like that. Yeah, okay. If you feel worse than neutral about Keanu Reeves, like that's a pretty big red flag to me. Yes, I agree. Like you can you can think that Keanu Reeves is kind of a silly actor or does a lot of silly projects. Yeah. But as you we've discussed can on think that. But as we've discussed on this podcast, silly is not an indicator of quality. Right, yeah. So if you think silly then means bad, that's a problem. If you're like Oh, no, this movie is ridiculous, but it's great. I just feel like he's, like, one of the most compelling and, um... I just... He's, like, got some kind of sauce for me that other action stars don't have. hmm It's, like, some magical mixture of, like, effortless charm. He has easy movie star. Yes. <laughs> Not easy acting. No. Easy movie star. Yes. I don't know. He just seems like a good guy. Yeah. Like, he has that thing that I feel like I'm always trying to talk. Like, okay, my, my like, main examples of this are always George Clooney and Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, I know they're not going to get me too'd. Like, I can just tell you. Like, I like because I feel like there was a time where people were like, I'm worried for my Hollywood crush. And if people ever brought any of these three men up to me, I'd be like, stop worrying. Yeah. You don't need to worry about that guy. I've never felt so confident. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And I think that it's interesting for Keanu Reeves specifically because he got famous young. Yeah. And I feel like that the other two people you named got famous when they were not old, but like older than 20. Yeah, yeah. You know, in they got 30s, famous probably. in their 30s. Yeah. And I feel like someone who got famous for being a heartthrob and got famous young, that's a recipe for disaster most of the yeah, time. Yeah, it is. But I wonder... And this is kind of fucked up to say, but I wonder if it's because, like, right after he got famous, his best friend died. Like, in a pretty brutal way. What are you talking about? River Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollywood legends. You know, like, bad. Bad shit, and they were, like, 24. I mean, listen, bad shit sends people in a lot of different directions. That's true, but it seems like it sent Keanu Reeves to therapy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yes, there's something about him that seems like... You go to therapy. <laughs> yes, he has therapy vibes. He has and therapy vibes. And I mean that vibes, as a positive thing. But in a, but in a really like masculine way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in an action star kind of way. Yeah. And I just feel like that's that really uh, holds things together for me. Like I really would watch him do a lot of bullshit because I just think that he has. I think he's got he's got the sauce. I think so too. Yeah, whatever it is. So here's the $64,000 question. Is this in your curriculum? Curriculum of a what? No. Here's the thing. (laughs) Thinking about it, in our last episode, we were framing things as like, if the aliens came and were like, hello, what are the important- Can you explain humans? Can you explain humans? What are the important movies to watch? I would not 
hand them John Wick. No. But if they were like, hello, we are the aliens. Thank you for these important movies. What is the best action movie of the last 10 years? I would, yeah, you we, would have a very creditable argument that it was John Wick. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and And if you're like, what makes an action movie work? Like, what is an example of an action movie doing exactly what it is supposed to do at every point? Okay, here's some. If the aliens were like, I want a lot of excitement, but I don't want to have to learn your human language. (laughs) Yeah, John Wick. Most of the time they're speaking Russian anyway. The text is pretty secondary. But like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to imagine the like what for what class would this be an essential text? And it would have to be something pretty specific and pretty current. Like, check in with me in 20 years how about how John Wick is doing in, in the field. It is very good at something, at something. Yeah. But I don't think it's really very um, innovative, except at being like, this is how much you don't have to do to make a good action movie. Yeah. Did you read The Name of the Wind? No. Okay. So... The stated goal of that book was to take every fantasy trope and slam them together and by doing so create something original. And I feel like that is kind of what this movie is doing is it's just like trafficking in all of these tropes but putting them together and combining them in a way that is so fun to watch and feels so exciting and enjoyable because of who's at the center of it yeah i guess i feel like aliens would either be like this is great because i don't need to know your human language or they'd be like this is so boring because they wouldn't have the context of like what it is distilling maybe but i feel like if they already got in would it be like watching a video game i think it would be like if they've already got it in this hypothetical they already have a grounding in like what is an action movie And then you turn around and you're like, all right, we've been talking about a bunch of different things. Do you want to see how to put these together well? Like all of these disparate elements, do you want to see how to put them together well? John Wick. Yeah. Is that a very specific niche? Yes. Do I think it is a serviceable niche? Yes. Have we covered stuff on this podcast that is in our curriculum that is equally niche? Yes. Yeah, I I think there's a lot I would get to in my, if I I were just teaching cultural literacy broadly. I think there's a lot I would get to before this. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like part of the reason that I wanted to do this piece is that like screenwriters do talk about it a lot. It comes up a lot. Like this is something that I've been actively pretending that I know what it is because action writers talk about it because of how much you don't need to do. And Mm -hmm. how much you don't, like, how, like, sort of focus is more important than novelty. And what a, like, runaway hit it was. Like, everybody wants to talk about, like, how to to do one of those. Mm -hmm. I am not an action writer, so I don't have to pretend that hard. (laughs) Sure, sure. But it has come up. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about John Wick? Mm, Nope. Okay. Should we take a break and then come back and talk about Paramore? Sure. All right. Hello, welcome back. Hello, we're back. Uh, let's talk about Paramore. Yeah. Okay, Paramore. One, two, three. Loved yeah, it. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, it was really fun. I liked it. I felt I felt silly that I specifically have not really paid attention to this band before. That's that's stupid. Yeah, it, I don't like all of their stuff equally, but the highs are really high. As someone who 
I believe I mentioned several times on this podcast, spent a couple of weeks one time afraid that my favorite band was Weezer Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I forgot about the band Churches. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about the band Churches and also the band The New Pornographers. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not counting like girl groups. Sure. Right? For a second, I was afraid that my favorite band was Weezer. And I just feel like we keep unearthing things. It's like that would have never happened if I'd known about the band Paramore. (laughs) That's true. You also said that about the band Slater, Kenny. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I stand by it. Yeah. Not that I don't like Weezer. Obviously, I like them a lot. Like, that's part of the confusion. <laughs> right. They're just an embarrassing band to have be yeah, your well, favorite band. Yeah, and it band. just like, didn't, it doesn't feel right for me. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> it's think like, so. It's like, what's going on with this? You don't want to be the person whose favorite solo act is Kesha, respectable, and whose favorite band is Weezer. Wow. Yeah. That's just like a wild one-two combo. Yeah. Well, I mean, now, then none of these bands even matter oh true (laughs) that's true you guys i was in (laughs) i was in the top 100th of a percent yeah of listeners of evanescence this year Mm -hmm. and that's really what all the work was about the whole year i was like i'm gonna get such a high fucking ranking on the spotify wrapped like you guys have no clue and, and then, you did. And I did. And I'm proud of it. And I took a screenshot of it and never made a TikTok about it. <laughs> I still... Literally, I spent all year just getting that screenshot. And now it's like, well, I don't know. Everybody posted their Spotify wrapped. Like, I don't know what I really have to say about it, but I am very proud of it. I still love that both of us were in the top 1% of all Tom Waits listeners yeah. in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> that was... Because we listened to every album we made one time. We, yes, we... That's enough to get ahead on Tom Waits, you guys. You All you people out there who say you love Tom Waits and he's like one of your main influences, like you are obviously not listening to 20 Tom Waits albums a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just paid for Tom Waits's I don't know, abandoned cabin in Amador County. I don't know where the fuck he lives or what the fuck he's I don't to. think we covered the whole cabin. I don't know. Land is cheap in Amador County. From, well, that's probably true. But from Spotify listens, I think you get like a third of a cent or something. Sure. We sure. probably bought him a, um, like a seven-toed cat. Yeah, that's true. A seven-toed cat with one eye who he calls like Mr. Bojangles. Does he have seven-toed cats like Ernest Hemingway? Somebody does. Where'd oh, all those cats go? Yeah. Paramore. Okay. Paramore. I, li- I liked it. Yeah, it's one of those It things- wasn't the like seismic shift for me. No, it wasn't as seismic a shift as, say, Slater Kenny was, and it wasn't as much of a surprise as Evanescence was. Yeah. But I think that's because also I realized that I knew like two or three Paramore songs. Like I knew Misery Business and I knew Still Into You. Yeah. And so like going into it, I was like, oh, I enjoy both of those songs and the albums that I enjoyed mostly sound like those songs. Yeah. So, like, if that's their vibe, if that's their, like, sonic language, then I'm gonna have fun. Yeah. And indeed, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I like a pop punk, and I like I like a lady vocalist who's gonna really go for it. Yeah. I do wish, like, I think I was just a couple years too old for this to hit me at a formative time. What I mean by that is, like, pop punk was really popular when we were in middle school and high school. Like, that was... In my mind, the like heyday of pop punk, mm-hmm. although it's coming back around now, but only just yeah. now. And Paramore 
their two albums that I like best, they released in 2007 and 2009 when we were already in college. Yeah. And people weren't really, at least my social circle wasn't really talking as much about Yeah, like, that was like my peak, like when I was really embracing, because I spent all of high school denying that I liked the trashy pop music that I did. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 2007 to 2009 was my peak embracing that that was my, like I, did, I didn't have a use for rock and roll at that chapter. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. If it had, if it had hit me a little earlier, then I think, I think it would have been like, cause I had like a decently sized red hot chili peppers phase. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to mostly music by men, which is just wild to me now. Yeah. And if someone had <laughs> Considering been Considering like, that your position is, I don't want to listen to men sing. I, I don't. <laughs> Their voices are not as nice. Yeah. And, and you can't tell me otherwise. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel Unless like Unless you're men, Freddie Mercury or Marvin Gaye, in which case, congratulations, you sound as nice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the top 5% of male vocalists- are uh, like approach for me what like the the amount of I I feel like I was that was about to be like a sentence with grammar and now like, <laughs> I've abandoned it but okay so like like just bailing uh, like John Wick out of a moving car yeah but like the amount the amount of good stuff of of pleasure that's happening in my ears from almost any woman like if you are a woman and you've managed to become famous for singing. Yeah, then I I would say I would say it is the top five percent of men who are famous for singing that give me the same amount of pleasure as like the top eighty percent of women who are famous for singing. So I think that all that is to say, I think you're right. I think if it had just hit me at a little bit of a different point in my development when I was like, rock and roll is real music and pop is stupid music, I would have been all about this band. Yeah. Yeah, I feel a little bit differently than I did about Slater Kinney because one of the things I said about Slater Kinney way back in the day was what the fuck was like my social circle doing that I didn't know this band already? Yeah, I just they literally didn't know anyone existed. cool enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I should have been listening to Slater Kinney. Yeah, but this one just sort of two ships passing in the night. Yeah. If we had been three years younger, this would have hit us like right in the sweet spot, I think. Maybe you five years yeah, younger. Yeah, I'd have to be a little more than that. But yeah. I mean, but it's also like, I'm not really proud of that time when I was like, rock and roll is real music and other music is stupid music. Like that, no. that's not really a defensible position. But yeah. yes, I think I probably would have been like, they they probably would have tickled for me the thing that, that is like, like I could have taken the, the pleasure in Haley Williams antics that mm-hmm. I do in a pop star i could have i could have been getting some of my pop star yayas out with them but still have the like dignified cloak mm-hmm. of pop punk around it of like some of these people hold instruments on stage yeah and we're also i think we're basically the same age as Haley williams she might even be younger than i think us. she's younger than us yeah like not by much like i think she's 30 now I'm, I'm 33, you're 35. 35. 30's not that much younger than yeah, you. No, I don't mean it's she's not, like... It's not that much, but like when you're in college and you're deciding what to listen to. And I do think there is something like, I, I really like the Riot album, but there is something very like, in my Wikipediaing, I learned pretty early in this process that Haley Williams was signed by a major label when she was, by the time she was 13. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted her to be like an Avril Lavigne. Right. And she was like, no, I got to have a band. That alone is wild to me. We keep digging up these women who like so desperately want to share credit with men. Like wh- who would choose that? 
But then I think about the reception of the music and I think about like what people thought Avril Lavigne was and what people still think. Avril Lavigne is, is silly yeah. and Hayley, Hayley Williams is serious. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with her insisting on fronting a band instead of being a pop star. So that was pretty shrewd of her mm-hmm. at 13 or 14. Yeah. To know that that's what she wanted. But yeah, just like a lot of the songs they're writing are like, yeah, kids wrote these. (laughs) Yes, there is something, there is something, I don't want to say juvenile because that sounds demeaning, but there is something like. I'm comfortable using that word about misery business. I think that's, that song's pretty like, hey, hey, you, you, I don't like your girlfriend. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, there's something about the album Riot that like feels a little bit like Olivia Rodrigo's album Sour. And I'm not just because misery business and good, good for, for you. you. <laughs> yeah, not just because of that, though. That does help the comparison. For someone your age, you are pretty insightful. Yeah. And you have something to say. But you are also pretty young, and that does show. Yeah. In some of the, like, things you're complaining about. Like, this is what I've been ruminating on. It's just wild to me that, like, we, that is who we turn to for, like, the songs of our times is, like, children. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like like a lot of people write their biggest hit before they're 20. And people of all ages, like, eat up sweat until you are like, eh, it sounds like noise to me. But, like, that's just wild. Like, no, we're not having we're not having people write the movies that are, you got to be old to write a movie, but you got to be true. young to write a song. There's something about songs, mm-hmm. I guess. Is this, like, so basic? I don't know. I just thought of it. There's something about, like, songs and what we want from songs and and, and mu- the emotional experience of music. Mm-hmm. The emotional journey that is a song that's only three minutes distilled and it's supposed to be a full body experience. Like, we want kids doing that. And I don't think it's just, obviously, there's an element, especially with women, of, like, but that's when they're the sexiest. Right. <laughs> it's when they're sexy babies. But I don't think that's all of it. I think it's because it's when you're feeling... Well, I wanted to say your emotions at the most extreme. No, yeah, I no, I no, I I don't think I think you're not wrong. The most accomplished music producers of our time continue to seek out children. <laughs> yeah, and again, like yes, problematic, like like sexualization. Yes, totally. That is definitely part of it. Is that that's what is consumable because of like youth chasing like problems yeah but i don't but that's not i don't think that's the only thing no and you want someone who is like my boyfriend dumped me this is the worst thing that's yes. ever happened to me yes yeah, so you want someone who can get a whole album out of a six month tumultuous relationship yeah but you also want someone who feels so deeply and so strongly about stuff that people like breakups are always hard but I think if you asked a person in their 30s to write about a breakup, it would be Adele's 31. It would be like, what is the effect that this has on my child? Like- I was just going to bring up Adele because she's an example, I think, of like she was not initially marketed as a sexy person at all because fat phobia. But she was sought out for her youthful perspective, for the depth of feeling, for the intensity yeah. that she was going to bring to breakup songs. Yeah. And I think that is why. I mean, she really pulled it out for 25 but Mm -hmm. i think that is why 30 didn't do the numbers i liked it to Mm -hmm. listen to but it did not do the numbers that hello did anyway paramore um, oh yes that's what we're talking about no yeah okay no but here's what i will say also is it's been fun coming to these things when after they're already Mm grown-ups i like the ride album but there is a way that it's like 
kids wrote this. Mm-hmm. But then when I listen to their stuff now, and it's a, it's a similar thing with Evanescence, it's like, can you go to a less therapy? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I'm not here for like all these songs about how you came out the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't. It's, I don't they're, need that from you. I see what you're saying about Paramore because their most recent album just sounds so different from everything else they did, and also is like the lyrics are a lot of Haley Williams being like, "I am sad," but also it's fine. That yeah, I am sad. Yeah, it just doesn't. Ha- it's like I accept myself. <laughs> yeah, I said this to you before. I every time I try to listen to After Laughter, the first two tracks, I'm like, wait, this does sound like a very different band. Like, who are these people? Yes. But I'll take this. I like this. And then somewhere around, told you so. I'm like, no, this is annoying. Actually, this they've become an annoying band. Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like Jury's out on their current project they've released three songs off of what i assume will be an album at some point it's coming out in february okay coming out soon yeah i didn't google that i feel like that could go either way for me yeah because it does feel slightly more like experimental rock and roll instead of like beat boops beat boops yeah yeah the 2017 album was a lot of beat and it was for what it was it was fine it just wasn't what i wanted it to be we've talked about this a lot before i love seeing bands progress and grow and change over time that's fine so long as they are still recognizably like the same band yeah grow and change but remain the same but i feel like that 2017 album is such a radical departure i guess i don't even really mind if people want to do something really different like i liked slater kinney's saint vincent album it's just i didn't like what they chose to do but that's what i'm saying is i feel like this next one doesn't so far does not sound like the old ones but i think that i might like it more than after yeah. laughter it's almost like it gives me the vibes of like that round of daft punk remember when daft punk came back mm-hmm. it's almost like that to me oh random access memories we're up all night to get lucky yeah, time. random access memories okay yeah it has the same mouth feel as that to me and mm. i just don't i'm it's not my favorite sure that's fair it, i mean it wasn't mine either i was really what i was there for was riot brand new eyes and uh some of the songs on their self-titled album i only listened to that album one time when we started doing this and i went through their albums there was only paramore deluxe Mm -hmm. and that was two hours long and then at some point around the new year someone noticed that and put back up the paramore album not deluxe Mm. and i think if i'd first seen that price tag of an hour and three minutes I would have been like, okay, well, everyone's doing their long album this year. That's what 2015 was. It's not your fault. 2015? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2014, I think. Yeah. But I was already too, I'd already tried to listen to the two hour version and I was too mad about it. And I just couldn't forgive that album. And Still Into You was the one that earwigged me in the past. that made me think that I didn't like them. So I kind of just skipped over that album entirely because I could never forgive it. But I like the first one. I only listened to the first one once because I feel like that one was a little bit too kids wrote this to me. Sure. To me, it has a lot of the same strengths as Riot, but mm. it's not as like dropped in. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, she's just like really like connected to something on Riot, even though she's only 16 or whatever. Like it's mm-hmm. it, it feels like she's come into something she's like she's not scared of doing too much. I think you're exactly right. She's very dropped in on Riot. You can really see her point of view has developed really quickly. Yeah. And then what I like about Brand New Eyes is that's where I think she gets the most like punchy with her songwriting. Yeah. Her songwriting I'm going to go ahead and say, I think Brand New Eyes is actually my favorite. One. Yeah. 
it's a more artistic album than Riot. Like Riot is great. And I think it's very well constructed. It is pretty straightforward. Brand New Eyes is like taking stuff and tweaking it just enough and like pushing the boundaries of what they were doing just enough that I yeah. I think it's a more interesting album to listen to. And both of these, I think we should say, are like no skips. Yes. Every song is supposed to be there. And every song is good. Yeah. Also, we should mention that Haley Williams can belt yeah. in a way that I think is She's got cool. a powerful instrument. No one's talking about... Okay, can we talk about that fucking Rolling Stone list? Oh, Jesus fucking no Christ. One's talking, no one's talking about where's Haley Williams on that list. That's true. And I think it's because the pendulum has swung on pop punk, or maybe it just our lives or whatever. It, I don't think that that's a respected form for a woman to be wailing in. Yeah. And I think the music journalism has not is not taking her as seriously as they should. Yeah. Yeah. If you've never listened to Haley Williams before, her voice is, I would say, the midpoint between Corinne Tucker from Slater Kinney and Demi Lovato. Sure. And what Tonally. I, tonally. I'm not talking scale. I'm, I'm just talking about, like, what she orally sounds like sure yeah yeah yeah. she sounds like if someone taught corinne tucker how to belt yeah okay well so i saw uh her do a cover of a SZA song which is like absolutely not her home style at all mm-hmm. and she sounded amazing and like still like herself but very different from how she sounds on her records and so i feel like even those of us who are appreciating what she can do on her in her band if that's all you're listening to, I feel like we none of us have have the full picture of what she's actually capable of as a as a vocalist. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is true. What were we going to say about that Rolling Stone list that she's not on it and it's oh, a travesty? Oh, just that like, well, uh, yeah, I mean no one we love is on it. <laughs> that's well, some some people we love are on it, just not enough. Yeah. Uh like Amy Lee's not on it. Demi Lovato's not on it. Demi Lovato's not on it. That's rude. Both of those are pretty criminal, I think. Yes. Considering that Billie Eilish, love her though we do, is on that list, and that makes near sense. Yeah. This list, by the way, Taylor is Swift. Rolling Stone's Taylor top Swift. 200 vocalists. No. Singers. Because Singers? they very specifically put in a sentence to absolve them of exactly what we're talking about, where they're like, it's not just their vocal ability. It's also like, they're trying to say like, we also give points for good writing and good delivery and all of that stuff. But to me, it's like, but I don't, you, you haven't shown me the rubric. I'd rather you didn't do that. Can you yeah. just do vocalists, please? Because I, it seems to matter a lot more all of a sudden when you're talking about Bob Dylan. The writing seems to matter a lot more all of a sudden mm-hmm. than when you're considering a Haley Williams. Yes. Like how much of it is this other, these other magic ingredients that are not just like singing, that are not just what you do with your instrument. Like they're trying to say that, that, that there's other factors and that's why it makes sense that they would put Taylor Swift and not Demi Lovato. I mean, I feel like there is something there that's like, but Taylor Swift has written so smartly for her own instrument. So as mm-hmm. to hide its blemishes and use its, what she's got going for her to the max yeah and that is worth something and she like you know she lives in her songs and like we've talked about how she seems to have a lot of control over sounding like a 16 year old version of herself Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i think it's fucking crazy that she's on the list of best singers yeah and amy lee and demi lovato and celine dion yeah and Haley williams that's are not on this list 
I believe Kelly Clarkson is on it this time. Kelly Clarkson is on okay, it. Okay, thank yeah. fucking God. We did. We and did. like Alicia Keys, maybe? Alicia Keys is on it. Okay, yeah. Okay. so that's we're doing better than the other time they tried to do this list. Yeah. I think it's relevant because I think Haley Williams is a, a, a notable omission. Yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of respect for like niche women singing. Yeah. And I feel like Paramore isn't really that niche. No, but it's, but it's, she's singing in a way. She's using her instrument in a way that is usually something men do. Yes, I think that is true. Yes. Like she has a little bit of that like Audie's like Blink-182 voice sometimes when she sings. She like changes yes. her vowels the way you change your vowels in a punk band. Yes, definitely. And I feel like that is something that like people who decide these who decide what's delayed what's serious would look at that and be like well that makes it less singing when she does it mm-hmm. but it's like totally legit when um fucking like panic at the disco yeah so if someone came up to you at a party and was like my favorite band is paramore how would you feel great yeah no notes i'd be like how do you feel about Evanescence? yeah i'd be like how do you feel about carly ray jepson it would be a conversation starter yeah. it wouldn't be because i don't think that my favorite band is ever going to be paramore yeah but like i said it is insane that i didn't know them i know all the reasons that i didn't know evanescence before i knew them and i know the reasons i didn't know slater kenny it doesn't I don't, I feel like a dodo, which I kind of knew I would, but I think it's because I just didn't like Misery Business or Still Indio. Mm-hmm. And those were the ones that you hear. I understand how I got confused now that I've done the homework. So one of my favorite Paramore tracks is Brick by Boring Brick, which is, first of all, a great title for uh, anything. I kind of wish they named the album that. I have a thing about um, I really like fairy tale imagery because I like how it draws on our um, collective consciousness Mm -hmm. just like story elements that everybody already knows how can we maximize those to create new stuff to think about and i i I just like how that song does it it's very the song is very like pop punk into the woods for me it's like if you had a choice to live in fairy tales or not fairy tales like what would you choose and why and i just think summing that up by like you gotta just build your house brick by boring brick Mm -hmm. is like a great image yeah. I wanted to talk about the echo of Sing Us a Song and We'll Sing It Back to You. Yeah, that's the first one is Sing Us a Song and We'll Sing It Back to You is the closing track of their first album. And then later on Brand New Eyes, there's a song that's I think it's not last, but it's close to last, where they say, I bet I bet if I sang you a song, you would sing it back to me. I like when people quote themselves and I like that reversal that it's like, Oh, well, we're a famous band now, so we get we get to choose what you sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a nice uh recurring theme. And they have other songs about like everybody singing all together. It's just like nice, good anthemic stuff. Yes, it is. Okay, what you got? Um, so the song directly before Brick by Boring Brick, Playing God. Yes, that, I like that one too. It's a great song, but I really love the That's chorus. That's a great like one-two punch of songs. Yes, and I just really love the chorus because I just the line, next time you point a finger, I might have to bend it back or break it, break it off. Yeah. Is just like- Sassy. It's sassy, but it's also a level of like aggression that you don't normally sure. hear- Sure, yeah, absolutely. From a lady singer. Uh-huh. And it's just like, put that fucking finger in my face one more goddamn yeah. time. That's some Kesha shit. 
Yeah, it is. But then it follows up with, next time you point a finger, I'll point you to a mirror. And so it's not just, I'm going to break your finger off. I'm literally going to break it and turn it around so you're pointing at yourself. Yes. I just really like that. Yeah. It's just very fun. The whole song is good. That whole album is good. Just also talking about like other pop punk bands, I feel like I always kind of gave Blink-182 like a little extra credit because sometimes they would throw in like a serious song. And it's like, oh no, you could have like a lot, you could have more of those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can have, you can have a lot of songs that are that have like a little like emotional weight to them. Actually, you don't have to sit through the "What's My Age Again"s. Yeah, you could just get to straight straight to "All I Wanted Was You." Yeah, or "When It Rains" is the one I was gonna bring up. I just find it really like relatable when you have a, like a sad friend. I made myself cry listening to that song, thinking about uh, some stupid, some like dumb TV show. It could be Game of Thrones, but I feel like it's just like some sort of procedural or something. Someone is talking about what people ask for when they are dying or they know someone who's dying. What are the stages of grieving that? The setup is like, what do people ask for when they know they've lost? Mm. And it's like the answer is that like everyone just asks for just a little longer. It's like I know like I we already lost but just a little longer. Yeah. And then and the song the chorus ended the hook ending with like why couldn't you have just stayed long enough to explain? I feel like there's a cover story of like I want an explanation but the real the want under the want is like just a little I wish it had been just a little more. And that's just like really sweet and moving to me yeah yeah they also do a lot they trade a lot in waltzes which i appreciate from a oh like a lot of three four yeah yeah you know that gives a gives an album more texture yeah definitely i just want to also call out real quick Mm. that i think all i wanted was you is a more emotionally resonant song but i think we were born for this is a stronger closer those are the two closers off of brand new eyes and riot so that's why we're talking yeah, about okay them. so their their first album closes with a waltz which i think is always a good move because ziggy stardust basically <laughs> just close your rock and roll album with it with something that's that's in ziggy Star- ziggy stardust it's a 6 8 thing but like anything that's got a little more swing to it Mm-hmm. One of those multiples of three. I don't care which one. There's something really like unifying and like poignant to me about like doing a bunch of rock and roll and then having a something a little more emotional with a little more room in the time. So that's great opening volley, Paramore. Their second closer, as you say, is Born for This, which is a fantastic like that almost makes me think about <laughs> in such a different way about Lady Gaga closing with the Top Gun thing. Oh, yeah. It's like you have to know what your audience wants to connect with you over like it just Mm -hmm. it like feels like a concert it feels like a we're all in the band Paramore by the time the song ends which is just a great way to end your album yeah and then yeah all I wanted was you is just like a ugh, just like uh it's so powerful it's just she really ends on like a um a note of vocal abandon yes while (laughs) really pushing herself vocally in a way that like she stretches herself on that song more than almost any other song yeah yeah there was a lot of uh, tea and and tiny little whiteboards surrounding the recording of that. Yes, because she was on vocal rest. Yes. So who is Paramore for? Oh, I can't imagine who would object to Paramore. I feel like our fans, fans of this podcast, yeah. if you are listening to this because you have similar musical taste to us, you're going to have a great time. Yeah, it's very poppy, but not in like a pop way. 
Yeah. Like I say that not to take away from the distance that Haley Williams very deliberately put between herself and like girl pop. Yeah. Because I think it's meaningful and exists like throughout their process. But as someone whose ears are trained for Carly Rae Jepsen, this is not hard at all. I don't know. It's just like nice to listen to something that's that people played with real instruments. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like that still is girl owned and girl run. <laughs> yes, because similar to Evanescence, this is Haley Williams is the only constant. Yeah. And there are other people who've been there like 90% of the time, but she's the only constant. Yeah, or people who like were their friends. I don't know. I tried to read the story, both those bands, to be honest. I tried to read the story of like who swapped in and out and when and why. And I like could not hold on to the thread at all. Yeah, particularly if you've enjoyed any of the punk bands that we've covered, particularly the girl punk, you are going to be into. Yeah, I don't think I do think it's fair to call this music pop punk and not punk just because it's shinier, it's more produced and it does not really have politics. No, no, no. no. But I don't think adding the pop to the punk makes them less makes Paramore less rock and roll. Sure. Than other punk bands. It just makes them poppier. It makes them maybe a little less punk. Sure, 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 sure. (laughs) I think that's fair. And are they in your curriculum? I could find a spot for that. I don't think it's like super essential, but yeah, yeah, yeah. In a world where, in a world where I have all the time and I'm doing all the choosing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Yeah. I think similarly, like I'm never going to kick it out of bed. Yeah. But yeah. Are there other things that we've covered that I would hand someone before this? Sure. Would I put Paramore in front of a lot of other pop punk bands? Because I think a lot of pop punk bands, if you're into it, are like a little overrated and Paramore's underrated. Yes, yes I would. Yes. Yes, I would. Yes. Yes, that's absolutely true. You don't need to be listening to Fall Out Boy when you could be listening to Paramore. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like every single Paramore song better than every single Fall Out Boy song. Yeah, like, I know a bunch of stuff came out about how Brandon Urie of Panic at the Disco is probably a monster, and a lot of, there's been a lot of hand-wringing about, like, oh, can I still love Panic at the Disco? Shut the fuck up. Just start listening to Paramore, and you yeah. don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, me too. Where can they find you on TikTok? At Trash Analysis. And you can find me on TikTok and Twitter, lol, at Anxious Arch Fay. You can find the show on Twitter, lol, at sophisticated pod. I can't believe. I really thought they'd be dead by now. I know. They're holding on. Anyway, continue to rate and review on all of your platforms that you find us on. Subscribe, follow, whatever the platform of your choice calls it. All right. Okay. All right, everybody. Good night and good luck. <laughs> <laughs>